Welcome back to another edition of Boxed In, Yahoo Sports Almost Daily Podcast, where we take a topic of the day, bat it around like a pinata, and wait until the sweet, sweet candy of enlightenment spills out. Today, we're talking about legitimacy, specifically the legitimacy of a shortened baseball season. I am Jay Busby. I am joined by our two esteemed baseball minds, Hannah Kaiser and Zach Kreiser. And I understand that this whole idea of legitimacy or illegitimacy of a baseball season started as all good things do with an email from an editor. So Zach, as the editor, tee us up here. How did you start this concept that maybe this isn't a legitimate season after all? I wanted to talk about uh, the idea of a 78 to 82 game baseball season, which looks like what we're headed toward if uh, the union and league can get together. And I, I sent all my writers an idea of if this season happens and there is a World Series and the whole season was only 82 games long, would that World Series champion be just as legitimate? Would it count the same? Would you feel the same about them as you did about the 2019 Nationals or the you know, 2000 Yankees or whoever you wanted to talk about as a past World Series champion? Uh, I sent this email thinking people would have some sort of varying opinion. As it turns out, everyone thought it was totally legit except me. Uh, I think there is a spectrum of, uh, of, of, you know, if you only go through an 82-game season to get to the playoffs, I don't think it's quite the same. And uh, I don't think Hannah agrees with me. Yeah, I thought this email was completely insane. I was like, why are you asking me? Like, who else would be the legitimate champion if not the team that wins the World Series this year? So I think... What, what we what we discovered was that Zach and I have a fundamental disagreement, which is, can the winner of a season ever be illegitimate? I have like a strong, radical, hardline stance that any team that emerges holding the trophy is the legitimate champion, even the 2017 Astros, because that they, the the baseball season does not presume to tell you what should have happened in some sort of, you know, Platonian ideal of a 162 game season in which everyone played fairly and the Yankees didn't sustain like an, a sort of unprecedented and and unrelative and uncomparable level of injuries. It tells you what actually happened. And that's frustrating a lot of times. And you can sort of go through history and nitpick and say, did one team have more steroids users in the early 90s? Or did, you know, World War II impact who should have won in the 40s? Or did lack of integration, you know, did that did one would one team have benefited more if African American players were allowed to to play in the major league students? We don't we don't try to put asterisks next to next to seasons or next to champions for any one of those things. And I think we sort of have to say that the same is going to be true now. The The 2020 baseball season is always going to be the baseball season that is defined by coronavirus. And I promise you will not forget that fact. But but within the baseball playing, like the thing that we love about baseball is the ability to sort of compare across eras. And in order to do that, we have to assume that once they get to the games and once they start playing, that a better team does always emerge. No, we don't have to assume that, though, because the <laughs> the fact that we compare across eras does take into account the differences of the eras. It wasn't as hard to win the World Series for some white dude in 1930. He didn't have to play against all the best competition, so he shouldn't be as like heralded for that as the players who had to play against the best competition. It's not as hard to go through an 82-game season without injury, without, you know, if you have to use your seventh starting pitcher for two months in the middle of the season and still make the playoffs, that is a big, much bigger accomplishment than if you just have to go through your top four and it works the whole season. That's not saying that they aren't the champion, but we can view the championships differently. And this is what I, I told someone else. The 
middle of baseball history has had a whole bunch of times when we redecided what the postseason looks like. We decided that the best regular season record for each league used to just get you to the World Series. Then it became each two divisions, the winners of each division played each other to go to the World Series. And now it's this whole tournament. And it does diminish the level to which baseball decides the champion based on the best team. Right now, it decides it based on entering a tournament and winning the tournament, which is fine. That is a champion, but you can view that differently than the 1968 Tigers who had to have the best record in their league to even think about getting to the World Series. All right, I'm going to tip off my bias here slightly coming into this because growing up an Atlanta Braves fan, our one world championship came as a shortened season and the Braves had to go through a number of different divisional playoff hurdles that other teams didn't go to. So I'm going to, at the moment, I'm leaning towards Hannah's side of things, but we're going to have to figure out one way or another whether this is a legitimate season or not. So Zach, let's start right there. At what point does this become a legitimate season? Are 82 games enough? Are 100 games enough? Are 120 games enough? Where's your Where's your marker? I think in terms of legitimacy, like I'm not going to complain about there being a baseball season. I think a, to have a legitimate season, anything more than, I don't know, 60 games is fine with me. You can have a season, you can have the playoffs, you can have the World Series. I'm not arguing any of that. I just think that if you don't play at least, I'd say 120 games, it doesn't match the same level of vigor with which we've always chosen a champion before even in the Braves shortened season they played more than 100 games it's just a a much lower bar for actually reaching the playoffs and so that part just feels like it will have to be noted not that they won't be the champions but that they will have they will have crossed fewer hurdles to get there and we will have to remember that see i think as long as they're able to play whatever the season is that they lay out at the beginning. That to me feels like when we talk about the actual sort of factors at play in 2020, I think what determines whether or not the season is legitimate or even whether or not I think it's it's comparable, it comes down to whether or not they're able to lay out a plan, agree on a plan ahead of time, and then sort of complete that plan without having to, you know, call off the whole thing midway because of the second wave of the coronavirus. I think as long as, I mean, sure, if it was just some sort of March Madness style tournament, we might have to view it differently. But if there is a regular season and it's okay, I will, I'll, I'll agree with you. What more than 60 games? Great. Any regular season, more than 60 games plus a postseason that involves multiple rounds that involves rounds that, that work up to at least a seven game series that that to me would be considered a legitimate season provided the, there's a long regular season. It's, it's a daily grind. You have to get through that. And then you also have to get through multiple rounds of postseasons. As far as, as long as you sort of can, can hit both of those criterias, it looks similar enough to me to our normal understanding of baseball for me to say like, look, maybe this is fluky in some ways, but every season is fluky in some ways. You could sort of say like, if, in five years, we decide to play 170 games instead of 162, you know, at what at the 162 cutoff every year, will we think like that's the team that would have been the world wild card back in 2010? That's the difference of eight games compared to cutting the season in half. It's not the same thing. But but the, the point remains that like, when we talk about whether or not something is a fluke, Based on what? Based on what time frame? I think provided that the, the regular season, like 60 games is a lot of games. It actually is. It's it's many times through your pitching order. It's You talk about sort of there not being quite the same injury risk in a shortened season, but 
You could say the opposite. You could say, what if some guy gets hurt at the beginning and he never has a chance to get back? It doesn't, it's not necessarily easier for the season to be shortened. So I think as long as there's dozens of games and as long as the regular season is, is a daily grind that's materially longer than any one postseason series would be, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs on, on where the flukiness comes in. All right. But one point, Hannah, that we need to discuss is the concept of records, because obviously we're not going to reach records of compilation, numbers of wins, numbers of strikeouts, numbers of home runs, things like that. But we will reach, we will potentially reach records that are averages, batting average. If someone hits over 400 over a course of an 82 game season, is that a legitimate record? That's trickier. <laughs> I think for that one, well, I should have, I should have pulled this ahead of time. Maybe, maybe my editor knows, Zach. Uh, I think there's a there's what there's a a plate appearances or a like a a cutoff that we right. apply to every year. So I think to your point about we can't do counting stats because there aren't the same number of games. I think I don't know if you're somehow able to get the correct number of plate appearances, but you probably won't. So the I think plate appearance limit limit is not based on a number. It's based on three plate appearances per team game played. Uh, so you could theoretically, by could, MLB's rules, could, qualify for a record Oof. regardless of the number of games. Look at that. He did know. That's why he's the. That's why he's my boss. That's exactly <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, yeah. See, records are trickier. I think records are trickier because. We are comparing them across seasons. So I'm going to say record set this year, illegitimate, put an asterisk next to it. <laughs> but, 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 no, no. but that's because, I mean, we should still award the batting title to whoever has the highest batting average at the end of 82 games, 100 games, whatever they end up playing. And as far as I'm concerned, that's more similar to whether or not the champion is legitimate. All batters will have the same parameters so we should still sort of say you're the batting champion or what the you know the Cy Young award winner that can still be awarded and to me that's more similar to saying is the champion legitimate than saying you know can you compare this to Ted Williams but major accomplishments oh, she's giving you an in Take major accomp so major accomplishments accomplished in a half season are not as impressive or legitimate as major accomplishments accomplished during full seasons I agree <laughs> Are you going to stand on that? I thought you were going to take it home, man. Take, take it the rest of the I way. I don't think that we can view the World Series champion of an 82-game season in the same light we can view a World Series champion of a 162-game season for the exact same reasons you're laying out. The reasons that a 400 average are easier in an 82-game season is just that it's less strenuous. It is easier to do anything weird over a short sample. The Seattle Mariners, who were awful, started last season 13-2. and two. These things just happen in smaller samples, and it's not representative of how good you are or any sort of skill whatsoever. That's why we play so many baseball games. So if we're going to play half the number of baseball games, we should acknowledge that it might not represent the same level of understanding that we're used to. So this gets into the part of the debate that Zach and I took to Twitter, which is, should you ever try to parse how good the team that won is? So, so... As an example, when we were talking about this on our own time, Zach said, for example, nobody views the San Francisco Giants of the 2010s as a dynasty, even though they won three World Series because they weren't as good a team. I say that's BS. People do view them as a dynasty. I think I think that like the baseball gauntlet is always to emerge victorious and from, you know, the the World Series whatever the trip is to get there and emerge victorious, that's always the task at hand. And 
sometimes people say the best team didn't win the World Series. And I think that's sort of like a tautologically incorrect argument because the goal of a baseball season is to win the World Series. It's not to have the best record. If you won the World Series, you are by definition the best team, which is not to say that you would win every match head to head or even that you would win the plurality of matches head to head. Of course it's not, because the best team usually doesn't win the World Series. (laughs) But they're... But that's so so your point that the best team doesn't always win the World Series. But then how do you ever know if the World Series champion is legitimate? It's whoever's holding the trophy at the end. I don't think it's illegitimate. I think it should be viewed differently. Whereas the 2010 to 2014 Giants won three of those five World Series, but they were over the much more strenuous regular season time. They were the seventh best team in baseball over that time. So we can't say they were the best team in baseball over that time. Sure, they won the postseason tournament three times, but they weren't, they didn't win their division in one of those years. They weren't the best team in baseball in any of the seasons. And they were the seventh best team by the regular season record over that whole time frame. They just weren't a dominant team. They were very good at winning the three postseason series, but they Jay, were not a dominant team. Jay, I'm gonna need a quick mid-boxed-in ruling. Were the, were the 2010 <laughs> Giants a dynasty? I, I, you know what, I've prepared for this because I would like to compare some, we all love statistics here, so I'd like to compare some statistics. Uh, the Giants won three in five seasons. That's a 600%, 660% win rate, okay? You know who had a 33% win rate? The New England Patriots, six wins in 18 seasons. The Bulls had six wins in eight seasons. That's only a little bit better. The, the San Antonio Spurs, five wins in 15 seasons. All of these, except for the Bulls, lower than the Giants, and yet we call them dynasties without a problem. The Giants won. They brought home the trophy. That's it. That's I'm, I'm with Anna on this one. I understand, again, being a Braves fan. I understand being a fan of the best team that doesn't win the World Series. But the end goal is not to is not to come up with the best record. It's to hold up that trophy with all the little flags on it. That is my yes. ruling on this one. All right, I'm going to count that as a boxed-in win, <laughs> even if I don't win this whole thing. Let my record reflect that next time I do it. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need stats yeah. on this. Now, Zach, I want to go back to you. Um, in this question of a full baseball season, it's 162 games. We all love baseball, but we know that there's a stretch where we maybe don't pay quite as much attention to a game in June as we do to a game in September. Could it, for this one possible one year, be possibly better for baseball to, to adopt a shorter season. We're jumping right into it. You don't have any time to screw around. It's all killer, no filler. You get straight to the point. Could this be a situation where baseball actually benefits from having a shorter season? No, not really. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mean, the same stretch exists and no one watches every NBA game. No one watches every NHL game. It's not shortening it so much that it changes the basic dynamic of that it's a large sample sport. It's not football. It's not a tune in every weekend and watch the, you know, be all end all like that is never going to be baseball. And so the main part that baseball has going for it is it's on every day. It is a long summer accompaniment. And by virtue of that constant presence, you also get this very rigorous test of who is good, who is not, who built the best team. So if you're just cutting it in half and giving it less time, but with the same frequency, I don't think it really betters baseball in any way. It will be great to have it, but it will not be better because it is shorter. Hannah, your take. So I love the boring parts of the baseball season, but I I actually do think a shorter baseball season would be better 
because I think it's what the players would want. Not this year. This year they want to play more games because they're getting paid on a per <laughs> per game basis. This year they want 100 games or more. But I think <laughs> I, I actually do think even though, right, for totally selfish reasons, I love a long season. I love that, you know, it feels like in August you can't even remember a time before baseball. But I think that we might actually see a lot of what baseball has run into in recent years is this idea that teams have sort of over-optimized the season as they know it and the game as they know it and the sort of at-bats as they know them. And I actually think sort of any measure of shaking that up could make for more exciting baseball just because it, it, it forces teams to like reconsider whether or not they're going for it and and not punt on as many games and and we're going to see like different pitching alignments and that sort of thing. But I also think crucially... It will mean that injuries hopefully play a less significant role in like the overall records in terms of like, I think, I think one of the most disappointing parts of a baseball season, I, we saw this with, I, I think last year, the biggest example of this was like the Padres and Fernando Tatis being so you much fun. this up. Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> all year last year, we were said that we said every week that we were going to bandwagon the Padres next week because they were having they were so so much fun and I was particularly enjoying watching Fernando Tatis Jr. and we never quite got the week and then he had like a season ending injury in I don't remember when and I'm sure Zach does because he's better at these things. Um, August. <laughs> August, August, and at that point it felt like baseball had been on forever and it felt like he was this like really significant player in the. 2019 baseball season and then it just kind of like kicked the Padres out of not really contention because they weren't but out of like relevance and the news cycle and it like uh and then you end up with like a really long sort of like lame duck period at the end of the season in which you kind of realize like oh it's not gonna happen for us um so I, I think it will be very interesting to see whether or not we get less of that like depressing oh no they know they're not going to make it but they still have to play another two months of baseball and also their stars hurt games that's not fun that period of the season won't be as long but any injury counts double that's the whole point any missed game counts double than what it usually counts but you won't get the same experience of like well you will hopefully have i mean we can we this is not the this is not the forum to debate whether or not we'll have more injuries or fewer injuries depending on whether or not the season is short we'll probably have compared. the same we'll probably have the same and they'll just count double they will they will hurt their teams twice as bad <laughs> this is going to be a, a, a heaven for statistical geeks to figure out exactly what the impact of a given injury is but look we got to bring this home here we got to bring this home last year's world champion the washington nationals after 82 games they were exactly 41 and 41 they were eight games out of first place they would not set up for a run of the postseason after 82 games so my question to both of you hannah will lead with you which team or teams do you think is best set up coming into the season to make that run early to get to stake that early lead to hold it and to make a run to that uh, world series championship this is a little bit unfair because Zach actually wrote about which teams have a better chance based on the way that the divisions line up in this new proposed baseball season. So he's already done some research on this. I'm coming in with the argument that good teams are good, that the good teams are always going to still have the best chance. The Astros, the Dodgers, the Yankees still have the greatest chance of winning, regardless of how long the season is. They have the better chance of winning in one game than any worse team. But I think that the Yankees of all teams will significantly benefit from the fact that the season was postponed. So not that it's shorter, but that they got a break because they had a couple of key spring training injuries that will have had time to heal and get everybody back to the field, which was sort of one of the things that they struggled with, particularly in 2019. So I'm saying this season 
particularly benefits the Yankees unless the Dodgers are so motivated by the possibility of losing Mookie Betts after only having him for 82 games that they just like the heart comes through and they play better for the sake of winning one for Mookie in LA. Uh, my answer Jack, my up. answer is two uh, I have two options. One, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, they play in the Central Divisions, which is by far the best place to play. That is the they have the worst bottom feeders. They're gonna play them a whole lot more. And the the other thing about the Reds is they are not deep, but they have star pitchers at the top. So long season, they would have to use more worse pitchers more often. People might get hurt. This time they'll just get to use their best pitchers over and over and over again. That benefits them. So I'll take the Cincinnati Reds. The other one that might have a shot, uh, the Oakland A's play in a very tough division. They have the Houston Astros to deal with, but they have a couple star rookie pitchers who will now no longer be on innings limits, most likely, because of this, A.J. Puck and Jesus Lazardo. So the Oakland A's could have a better chance than they had before. So there we go. We've got Reds, Dodgers, A's, Yankees. I, I applaud both of you for not appealing to the hometown sensibilities of the judge and taking the brace. But we're going to go ahead and make our ruling now. We're going to get out of here. Zach, as much as my heart wants to go with you, I have to go with precedent. I have to go with Hannah. I have to go with this being as long as we get enough of a season to make it legitimate. Whether we say that's 82 or 100, we have to consider this a legitimate season. I have ruled. So thank you both. Thank you guys for watching Boxton. We will catch you next time for Zach Kreiser and Hannah Kaiser. I'm Jay Busby. See ya. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.